Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. This is Sarah Perry, and welcome back to Haven Space. Today, we're going to be talking about nasophilia, the fetish of noses. I'm kind of keeping on this trend of uh, paraphilia's partialisms, attractions to certain body parts, because I think we're kind of on a good roll and we're learning so much about our bodies and really how to love them. By the end of this podcast, you should know a little more about this fetish, nose fetishes, about what it is, what it isn't, um, what we know about it, if it's linked to any kind of studies, where to find it, and how to go about making this happen for yourself with all of the consent, respect, and pleasure that our bodies are worthy and capable of. So like I started to say, um, nasophilia is a paraphilia. It's a partialism. The attraction to a very specific body part that is not generally considered a sexual body part. I like to say that this podcast is about fetishes, but remember also that the definition of a fetish is something that, without which you could not achieve orgasm. So it really becomes like this type of obsession. I don't think that's the case for most of these fetishes. In fact, I don't think that's the case for any fetish. I think that people tend to enjoy more than one thing and that people who are into kind of kinky, not traditionally sexy Um, sexual organ related stuff tend to be people who are into a lot of stuff and not just one specific thing Um, which is kind of what I want to bring to you this idea that we can change our definitions of sexuality and that we will then expand our ability to feel pleasure I am recording outside today so please forgive my cat meowing if you hear her in the background Um, this fetish tends to be more related to wanting to do something to somebody else's nose or being attracted to someone else's nose, but not necessarily wanting someone to do this to you, Um, which begs a little bit of the question, what is the intrinsic motivation for being attracted to noses specifically if you don't think they feel good to yourself? Some of the ways that people exhibit this, some of the things they like to do would be things like literally just looking at noses. Someone could be very attracted to how a nose looks and like little nuances and nose movements, looking up into the nose and then all the way to rubbing noses together, which is like really romantic, sweet, and in fact is a beautiful link to probably something that happened in our loving moments in childhood. And then you could be enjoying something like licking noses outside and the inside of the nostrils even, sucking on the tip of a nose, uh, positioning the nose in certain parts. So I've heard it um, said that some people really enjoy putting their nose kind of in the crease of someone's eyes or how your nose kind of fits into little crevices inside of other people's bodies. People like to use their noses while providing oral sex as just like an added benefit, an added little token of something fun you can do. Um, Any kind of nostril penetration, so penetration with tongue or fingers. And then there's even videos of nose picking that some people can find extremely arousing. 
There is also a lot of talk about pig noses specifically. The idea of making someone's nose look like a pig nose, so literally pulling it back, um, sometimes with the use of certain tools like um, what was called Chinese nose hooks. And additionally, pig noses as a prop that you could use. You could literally get pig nose kind of masks and make people wear them. There's, of course, there a link to BDSM and domination submission and humiliation. A lot of the narrative surrounding the attraction to noses has to do with watching the movement of noses as someone speaks, um, as someone purses their lips, as someone orgasms. And I think that's what I'm going to really kind of focus on a little bit more. We tend to go a lot over BDSM dynamics and uh, dominance and submission dynamics in our podcast because so many fetishes have to do with these power dynamic exchanges. But when we have the option to go in a different direction and just learn something completely new, sometimes I like to choose that rabbit hole and dive down that side. The idea of this pig nose submission, though, had almost 200 members on FetLife, which was kind of the biggest one of the nose groups on FetLife. It included things like forcing someone into a pig nose, sometimes hog tying someone and then making them have a pig nose and then literally like spanking them or treating them like an animal. There is like dress up play. There's pony play and dog play. There's also pig play, less common, but it is something that some people said that they enjoy. There are additionally a lot of comments about inserting fluids into the nose. As a sign of great humiliation, of great submission, you could um, urinate into somebody's nose, you could ejaculate into somebody's nose, you could pour a drink, an alcoholic beverage into somebody's nose, and that becomes like super submissive in this game of you know humiliation. How do you think these fetishes are developed? Well, remember we have talked about the idea that something that was arousing to us as children, arousing in the sense of it awakened a certain part of our brain, then translates very easily to sexual arousal later because they are stemmed in the same place. And that sensation we want to recreate. So sometimes people can have links to humiliation of being put in a corner for timeout. Um, where the nose is actually held up against the corner and then becomes kind of a sign that you are compliant. And if your nose is off the corner, you're no longer compliant. These can be particularly common in younger generations. And in fact, I would venture to say that in the future, we're going to see an uptick in this fetish simply because of the amount of people that now do things like timeouts. Think about how many people like to be spanked. Um, just because of their upbringing and their ability to take back some of the control that they lost during those spankings. Similar, the idea would be potentially in the future that people who have been in nose and corner timeouts then develop their own patterns of attractiveness and, and arousal for that specific behavior. We have discussed FetLife before, but really in some of this narrative, because FetLife has just writings and people can submit their writings and their fetishes. You can dive into some literature that's erotic literature about noses. One of them said, um, 
I'm aroused by a woman's nose, especially long, straight noses with long, shaped nostrils. Uh, I love to rub my nose against a woman's nose and in the end love to lick it, take her nose into my mouth gently. Another thing that really turns me on is rubbing my cock against her nose and finally come all over her nose. So the escalation of our connection to this body part is seen very visibly here and it's super common in most fetishes where we start in one place and then move to something that it becomes more like graphically traditionally sexual. An interesting thing happened to me as I was going through these forums, though. A lot of them had links to videos of, let's call it nose porn, but frankly, it is videos of people playing with their nose or opening their nostrils and looking inside of their noses. And a lot of these links had been removed. In fact, a bunch of them were from, like, X Hamster, and they are literally taking down videos of people's noses not noses during pornography, just simply people playing with their noses, opening up their nostrils, flaring them, putting the kind of angle of the camera inside of their nostril. There was one video that hadn't been taken down that had over 100,000 views, and it was simply a person pulling up their nose, moving it around, like squishing it in a little circle. And with the amount of traffic that that produced, it seems very strange that we would want to take these down. Additionally, what are we policing in the porn world where people literally cannot show things that are not traditionally graphic because of some type of strange repercussion that the websites have? I want you to consider that. Consider what we are being sold when we watch pornography. Who deems it acceptable for us to watch specific types of porn and not others, and who profits off of us feeling that way instead of actually being able to enjoy a video of a consensual person filming themselves playing with their nose because we feel like it and we would like to sexualize it. It seems super, super bizarre to me, but it is what it is. Just take it with a grain of salt. Even one of the videos was literally just two girls licking a nose, and they flagged it. So we're talking policing our behaviors, but in something that sounds so innocuous as a nose being played with, it just, it seems very bizarre to me that this is even something that we give a shit about enough to think we should censor it. So let's talk now about some of the research that has been done on this subject. Um, in the late 1800s, this is, this is coinciding with the birth of psychology and with Sigmund Freud and with um, psychopathosexualis, von Kraft Ebing, who was talking about pathologizing sexuality and sexual behaviors. Uh, there was a guy named Dr. Willem Fleiss, and he is something that we, someone that we have not heard about, but he literally classified the nose as the body's most potent sex organ, according to his theory called the nasal reflux neurosis theory you literally had genital spots inside of your nose that could excite the male libido and kickstart ovulation in women. Now, recognize that at the time, the medical tools we had didn't allow us to very much examine people in the way that we do now. But technically, we do have genital spots inside of our nose. The vomeronasal organ, or Jacobson organ, 
is inside of your nose and it kind of looks like a stick with two little balls on the sides and it's found in most animals. Now, in human adults, it's not actually connected to the brain. So I was talking about this when we did the armpit fetish about how pheromones in humans are not proven to exist simply because the organ in other animals that searches and finds pheromones and processes them and tells your brain what they are, it's not connected. It's like someone unplugged the little receiver to our um, pheromone brain. Strangely enough, it can be seen by the naked eye and it is connected in infants. So there's something obviously that we are missing as we get older that infants don't have. One of the theories behind that is that adults have colored eyesight and we can see signs of arousal in ways that certain animals cannot. For example, someone blushing um, or someone's lips turning a little bit tinted or their eyes kind of flashing over. These little signs that someone's aroused or excited or wants to connect, we can sense because we have um, the rainbow of visibility that we have. So it becomes unnecessary to then also use pheromones. But in infants, they don't have a wide range of color spectrum. In fact, infants can only see three colors. So it's very interesting that maybe this connection exists between our ability to see color and then sense arousal patterns and then our ability to smell them. Nonetheless, the idea here is that someone a long time ago already said absolutely the nose is going to be the biggest, most important sex organ, whether or not they were able to see it and study it the way we're able to see it and study it now. At the time, we didn't think that this was something important, but clearly there's something to that. In a study by the Technical University of Dresden in Germany, it was found that women with stronger senses of smell were more likely to orgasm during their sexual encounters than women with low senses of smell. Now, there were only 70 people in the study, but it still begs the question, what are you really studying, right? Is this, of course, self-reported, but additionally, are people that perhaps have higher senses of smell also higher in other types of sensations. And being someone who is very kind of reactive and sensitive to touch and smell and sight, it could be something that kind of goes across all senses at once instead of just your sense of smell being connected to your ability to achieve orgasm. Or even, by the way, your expectation that you should achieve orgasm because that's a huge part of it. An interesting second part of that study showed that if you blow your nose before sex, it increases your ability to smell and then increases your chances of having an orgasm. So if you are having a hard time getting to that perfect climax spot that you love, maybe try blowing your nose and see how that works out for you. Another interesting side note is simply the fact that flaring your nostrils while orgasming is apparently super common. I tried to find specific research that showed a connection between nose flares and the moment of climax, and I couldn't find it. But what I did come across was this super interesting website called beautifulagony.com. And Beautiful Agony is 
a website that is 100% videos and narratives of people orgasming, real orgasms. But the interesting part is that the videos are just of people's faces. So they started this thing as a social experiment to see if they could get people to submit videos of their faces while they were orgasming. And a bunch of people did, and it was very well received, and they realized this must go on. We have to keep this thing going. So not only did they do that, but they expanded it. And now you can submit your own videos of just your face, orgasming, using whatever you want to use, and you actually get paid for it. And they use this company called Feck to make ethical erotica, and you get paid per click, and you get paid per video you submit. So if that's something you want to do, go ahead. But it seems interesting that this is even a possibility to go online and just watch thousands of videos of people orgasming. I think their subscriptions start at about $8 a month, or that's what it said on the front of the website. And like I said, there are some narratives. But of course, there are forums inside of Beautiful Agony, and those forums specifically talk about the flaring of nostrils. And here we have the most pure example because these are people orgasming in their homes, in their comfort, out of their own accord, wanting to be filmed, wanting to be recorded, and bam, here is the video. I mean, it doesn't, you don't get more raw research data than that. It doesn't get more single blind than not even choosing the people. They don't know you. They're just submitting to this website. So it's really, really interesting the amount of data that we could collect from here and potentially even form studies just looking and describing at every single one of these kind of orgasms and how people tend to have them. I think that's really interesting. I did reach out to see if they would be interested in doing a interview with me because I love the idea of this type of pornography. They literally called it erotica and they said it started because they believe that we are missing kind of this critical element in our pornography that we are very attracted to and we just don't realize because we're being conditioned to just love all of the kind of graphic penis and vagina part of pornography. But really that part that is the most attractive to humans are human faces and human expressions. And we don't have those in porn. We have fake expressions. So like I said, there's a whole forum that literally lists every single one of the videos, at least until this point in the forum, because they add new videos every week that flares their nostrils. And it is tons, like dozens, of people who, while orgasming, their nostrils flare, sometimes somewhat rhythmically. Someone almost poetically mentioned that perhaps the nose and nostrils are actually mimicking the movement of a vagina kind of thrusting as it is orgasming. So really interesting connection. I couldn't find any research done on that, but that just makes me think, Clearly, there are easy ways to look at the vibrations and kind of the contractions of a vagina while the person is achieving climax and then correlate that to the movement of the nostrils at the same time. Like, that doesn't seem like a difficult experiment. Someone get on that. I'll make sure to put a call in to my people who are actually doing um, research in universities and shit where they get paid. So... Again, beautifulagony.com seems like a super interesting site, and I'm hoping to bring you more information about that. There's also, you can find it on highporn.net. There's a bunch of nose porn there. Nose Network, 
um, is, I think, a YouTube video where literally she just has videos of her playing with her nose. Now, again, think about how funny it is that YouTube is not censoring videos on what we're calling nose porn, but porn sites just don't want anything to do with this kind of outlandish behavior. I mean, it's just obnoxious, honestly. How can you do it and how can you prepare? Well, I think if you are into noses, you kind of already sort of know. You're probably already a person that loves to like snuggle your nose up against somebody or against your partner nose to nose. And you can take it a bit further. Why don't you have a conversation with them and see if you could explore their nostrils, what their nostrils look like. You can look at all these videos online and explore through that way too, seeing as how this tends to be something that is less kind of threatening to a lot of partners who may be uncomfortable with pornography of other people or those types of situations. Um, again, always from a place of consent and respect. It doesn't seem like it would be too uncomfortable to tell your partner that you're not into it if you're in the moment and you don't like it. So I don't think you even need to establish a traffic light system. So go ahead, go crazy. So to recap, we talked today about nasophilia, the fetish of noses. Uh, we talked about how it's less common for people to want something done to their nose than it is to want to do it to someone else, potentially linking it to power dynamics and BDSM communities. We talked about how common the pig nose fetish is and playing piggy and being tied up and being made to wear a pig nose. We talked about the use of Chinese nose hooks. We talked about the connection to maybe humiliation of having your nose in a corner for timeouts. Um, we talked about what specifically people like to do with noses, kissing them, nibbling on them, sucking on them, penetrating them with fingers and tongues, putting fluid inside of them. We talked about how you are more likely to achieve an orgasm if you blow your nose before you have sex. And we talked about where you can find it, including the amazing website, beautifulagony.com, that I really hope to learn more about in the future. That's all for today. Thanks for checking me out, and I will see you next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.